You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle of the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills' victory today, 24-21 to over the New England Patriots to go 6-2 and on the season and 4-0 and in the AFC East. We'll go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter, including, I might add, a response from a former Bills offensive lineman. So be sure to stick around for that part. Uh, we have our weekly podcast giveaway. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, um, it wasn't pretty at all. It wasn't a pretty win. Uh, the Bills offense was able to run the ball at will for the first time this season, it feels like. And the Bills defense <laughs> continued to get gashed on the ground by the Pats running backs. But uh, in the end, the Bills pulled it out uh, with a turnover at the perfect, literally the perfect time when defensive tackle Justin Zimmer forced a fumble and backup safety, safety playing for uh, injured Micah Hyde, um, the Dean Marlowe I mean, had the recovery in the Bills red zone with only 30 seconds left. The Pats were trying to drive further down, maybe hoping to get a touchdown instead of just a field goal to tie it. And it ended up being their downfall. The Bills get, I mean, how often do the Bills get a turnover like this in the at the most opportune time? And uh, and they did this week, and uh, and it felt good. I you know the Bills were never losing at any point in this game. Would I personally would I have liked to see the Bills have a bigger win against a Patriots team that was down Julian Edelman and Stephon Gilmore? Yes. <laughs> would I have liked to see a better defensive effort maybe against a Patriots team that scored twelve or fewer points in the last three games? Maybe. But I mean, unlike last week where I wasn't. Super happy with the win. I mean, I won't get as picky. It's still the Patriots. It's still Belichick. A win is a win for me. And 6-2 and two going into the game against the Seahawks feels so much better than a 5-3 and three record would have. What about you guys? Yeah, man, I agree. A win is a win. Uh, the Patriots were definitely down players. And the Bills are definitely the more talented team coming into the end, even if those players were healthy. I was pretty confident throughout the whole game that, that they would win. Uh, even though the score was close. Uh, but this does feel like a more official changing of the guard, if you will. Um, the Bills and the Patriots in the division, the Patriots falling to 2-5 and five now. Um, 
even just like the way they played today, like Belichick felt like he was the Bills of the drought, like draw plays on third and 12, punting in an opponent's territory, a field goal on third down with 12 seconds still in the half. Like it just felt like I was watching the Bills on the other side of the field. Me, are you reacting to that or you want me to react to that? <laughs> like you two are so subdued, it makes it feels like they lost. Yes, it's definitely better to win ugly than lose pretty, I would say, for sure. But to talk about, like, this is incredible. We've been waiting 20 years for this. The Bills are 4-0 in the division, first time since 1991. And it was awesome. Yeah. John, you were. let me go back to John for a second. You were confident the entire time, even when the Pats were driving late in the game and <laughs> would have gone up. Had had plenty had of they scored a touchdown. They had plenty of timeouts. They were they were moving the ball at will. <laughs> John's like, um, this we got this. <laughs> I thought at least I, it was going to go into overtime. I honestly was pretty pretty confident. I might have started to get a little worried the last drive a little bit, but like the whole game, I was I was super confident. I I wasn't like with the interception. I I, I wasn't worried about any of that. Let's go to his tweets, Nate. <laughs> what I love his what, tweets are like, oh, it's over. <laughs> John John. John's texts during the game are some of the best because it's like the Bills will will throw in. It wasn't like that today. So I will say that John wasn't swaying like he normally does. But normally it's like the Bills could be up by two scores and Allen throws an interception or something. It's like cancel the Super Bowl parade. (laughs) And then, you know, the Bills will score a touchdown. He's like, all right, we're on for the Super Bowl still. (laughs) uh, I love it. Um, But I, I wasn't. Super confident. I guess I felt more confident for them going into overtime that they would have a chance. I mean, eh, it was, it was, uh, I mean, I don't care. This week, last week, I had some complaining to do about the Bills, you know, just winning by eight points over the Jets. But I mean, I'll take three points over the Patriots, even though it was at home or whatever. I, I'm fine with everything today. I'm not going to be picky. Um, we'll get into some things that I'll probably criticize a little bit later on, but I'm not upset at all. Mike sounds like he thinks that they're the Bills are, are are world beaters. I don't think that they're necessarily going to get that first seed in the conference, but I feel I feel a little bit better about them. I mean, losing against the Patriots today would have really felt uh, that that would have that would have been a rough a rough loss because at least you could say the Bills lost two games against you know two teams in the Titans and the Chiefs so far that could easily be you know. Uh, winning they could easily win their division or potentially make the Super Bowl. Um I don't think you can say that about the Patriots this season at all. <laughs> you clearly can't because now they have five losses and the the odds of them making, you know, the playoffs are much less now, especially the way that the Dolphins have been playing. The Dolphins destroyed the Rams today. We're not going to talk a lot about a lot about that game. But um but let's go into just some more thoughts on the game. Um <clears throat> you guys I, I mean it was it was cool to see the Bills actually run the ball and use uh, and go against the other team's uh, weakness. The Patriots came in to the game, you know, bottom third in the league, and that's and that's being nice. They're actually like bottom ten in the league in uh, defending the run and also yards per carry. I mean, if there was a team, even though Gilmore was out, there was a, if there was a time to beat up on this team offensively, it was. It was through the run game, and Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both had really, really the the best games that they've had together since the beginning of the season, and it was just nice to see that. And then Josh Allen would throw in some of his design runs when the time uh, mattered, and uh, I mean, Josh Allen didn't have a great game passing, 
obviously, but he didn't need to. There were a couple of drops, you know, suspecting. Uh, he had that one pick where it looked like uh, where he threw it right to the cornerback. <laughs> he he sent it right to J.C. Jackson, and uh, it looked like it was a miscommunication between Diggs and Allen. And uh, and yeah, I mean, what did you guys think about the Bills offensively or, or running the ball or Allen in general? Yeah, it was nice to see them run it, especially with the one-two punch that we were all expecting. I know Moss had missed some games with with an injury. Um, he was back last week, and this week, you know, he, he showed some flashes last week, too. And this week, you know, he was just running fierce, and um, Singletary did well also. It was really nice to see. There were a couple of plays where they had Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in there at the same time, and I'm like, oh, man. Ooh, Dable, stop it. It's getting a little too uh, steamy in here. Swing, swing. It's, that's the kind of play I like to see for some reason. For some reason, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but having both running backs in at the same time, you don't know who's going to go at which time, and they're both playing effectively. It's just, I don't know. I love that formation. Having John Feliciano back was May, potentially, besides the Patriots being bad at stopping the run, but that hasn't... That hasn't helped the Bills before. The Titans are terrible against the run, and the Bills couldn't run against them. So um, I think a lot of that credit probably goes to John Feliciano, even with the Mitch Morris injury in the first quarter. Mitch Morris suffered a concussion. Um, Ryan Bates filled in for him at center for the next series, and then after that, it was John Feliciano at center. I mean, the guy just came back from a torn pectoral injury, so he wasn't there for a lot of tra- he wasn't there for hardly any of training camp, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, and then. He comes in and not only does he get his first start at right guard of the season, then he starts at center for the rest of the game. I mean, the guy was a beast, and I and I have to believe for the first time, the Bills finally felt comfortable running to the right. Yeah, it was great to see him look multi-dimensional on so many different fronts, right? Like with the splitting the carries, I think they got even, right? Singletary and Moss, did they each have fourteen? Yep. Um, then they had, they had the motions all over the place. Like from a defensive perspective, it was tough to keep track of the Bills' weapons. I thought today. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you look at uh, if you look at the uh, the next gen stats for where the Bills run the ball, it's really cr- pretty interesting. It's like I, I just searched it last week game by game and like the Bills never run to the right. L- like they might have one run to the right or two runs to the right each game for each running back. And then they always go to the left. And that's because I think it's because they never felt confident in whoever was at right guard until John Feliciano came back today. And even though he played most of the game at center, I will say, but uh, it looked like they were effective each direction, still from the left side mostly. But um, yeah, the, the Bills defense, though, uh, yeah, they, they uh, for some reason, I don't know why the Patriots didn't run the ball more against the Bills. Cam Newton had 25 passing attempts. And um, Damian Harris was gashing the Bills today. He had over six yards of carry. And I'm kind of looking at that saying, why don't you guys run the ball more? <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. Um, but that didn't seem indicative. Usually, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels led offense. I mean, they find that one thing and they just they just do it time and time again. If it's running backs out of the backfield, they'll throw screen passes or whatever, or they'll throw bubble passes or they'll do it until you stop them. Today, they didn't. They just threw it in there too, but then they kind of tried to make Cameron and they tried to make, you know, they tried to throw the ball too. And it was just, it was just a weird thing. Luckily they didn't stick with it. Cause I think the bills might've had a better chance of losing if they had run the ball more. Um, but again, they, they limited camps passing ability, which was probably partially uh, due to Cam Newton himself. <laughs> but 
I thought the defense did enough to to win the game. Um, it wasn't pretty again, stopping the run, but the turnover at the end, man, that's all I can think about is is they finally, unlike those other games, um, they finally got a turnover when it mattered, and uh, and to, to seal the victory. John, is that kind of how you saw the defense today? Yeah, it's definitely been tough to watch the run defense this year. It seems like they're not executing like they were. Like last year, there's not too much difference in personnel. The coordinator is the same. Um, I, I really don't have a good reason for why, you know, obviously they're playing a little bit harder teams, but even against like the Jets and, and some of the lesser teams, they're not playing as, as well as they were last year. Frank Gore had over five yards of carry last week. Frank Gore, <laughs> he gashed the Bills. Mike, what do you think about the Bills defensive performance? I mean, taking nothing away from the fact that they – legitimately won the game at the end for the Bills. Well, look, it's not as good as in previous years, which is unfortunate, but you can't be up across all metrics all the time. Like, we just beat the Patriots. What do you guys want? Jeez. <laughs> There's a difference between being up on all the metrics and being below league average on all the metrics, but that's okay. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to complain about it. Um, it but you're making excuses for all the other teams, right? Like, oh, Gilmore's out for the Pats and Edelman. Like, the Bills were missing a lot of key pieces too, right? Micah Hyde? Yeah, and yep, Micah Hyde. <laughs> yep, he was out. <laughs> there's a whole list. I don't have it in front of me, but there's a whole list of guys. Yep, he was out. A.J. Klein wasn't out, unfortunately. I mean, A.J. Klein continues to miss tackles. It is just, like... It's funny because he's got sometimes he has the instincts like he's going to make a play in the backfield and then he either overruns it or he misses or the guy in this case, James White, like stiff arms him to the ground. <laughs> and You know, he misses um, the bills. I think you John mentioned personnel. Um, I think Lorenzo Alexander doesn't get enough credit for the bills missing him in the run game and having him instead of A.J. Klein because um Jeez, I mean, it's it's so funny. It's you wouldn't think that you're like, oh, Lorenzo Alexander is 37 years old or whatever he is. Like he does, he's he's on his last legs. But I think he was still playing at a pretty high level and making plays on a weekly basis last year. And that's just something that we don't see from AJ Klein. And I'm sure it doesn't help Tremaine Edmonds on uh, at the middle linebacker role. And um, yeah, well, without further ado, let's just go right into the stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Um, I think we're all pretty much on the same page here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, 11 for 18 today, 154 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. He did, however, have one rushing touchdown, just no passing touchdowns. So, again, not a great day for Josh Allen, but not a terrible day. I mean, he obviously clearly didn't lose the game for the Buffalo Bills. Now, here's the, here's the quiz for you guys for the stats of the game. What was the yard per carry average? For the Bills running backs today. Yards per carry average for the Bills running backs. If you had to guess. Mike, I'll start with you so you don't have time to look it up while John's thinking of the answer. I'll give you a hint. It was pretty good. <laughs> Better than normal. I'll say 4.8. 4.8. Very specific. I like it. 
Didn't want to go with a 4.5 or 5.0. Nice. John, up, over or under? Definitely over. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Definitely over. What if I told you it was 4.2? No, I'm just kidding. It was 6.0. <laughs> 6. <laughs> 6.0. 6.0. 6.0. 6 yards per carry between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Devin Singletary had 14 yards. Or 14. I mean, even if he knew, he could be a little self-deprecating, right? <laughs> like, oh, definitely. <laughs> he was just speaking to how... Uh, honestly, honestly, I was going to guess like five and a half or more. <laughs> well, now he can say that because he knows that it was six. I mean, you're just doubling down on the <laughs> egotism. He's like, he's like, I actually, I was going to say like 5.9 or so, like if I'm getting specific. I might have, you know, I might have even said six. <laughs> John, I love it. That's what she said. Devin Singletary, 14 carries for 86 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. Zach Moss, 14 carries for 81 yards, two two touchdowns, and 5.8 yards per carry. Josh Allen on the day, he did have 10 carries today for only 23 yards. He did have the touchdown, like I mentioned earlier, and he was only rushing at 2.3 yards per carry, which is which you would think uh, normally he raises the average, but uh, he did not this week. Leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, six receptions on nine targets for 92 yards. The next closest, the next closest receiver was Cole Beasley, two receptions on two targets for 24 yards. By the way, I, I tried again this week to get the third and Cole thing going for when there's a third down and the Bills need a third down, throw it to Cole Beasley. And uh, yeah, not not really going this week. Randall Yu on Twitter brought up the uh, the Mean Girls quote when she said, like, she says, stop trying to make fetch a thing. Like one of the girls in the movie was trying to keep saying fetch. Oh, that's so fetch or whatever. Um, and that's like me. I'm trying to get third and Cole to get going. And if you did notice, he did have that first third down reception to go for a first down. And then that was the last one. <laughs> he only caught two balls today. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where just keep thinking about it. Give it another week. And if you end up not liking it after next week, then give it another week. And we'll see how much you like it then. John Brown don't, had... Don't you think the third and goal sounds too much like third and goal? Yeah, that's why it's great. You're it's saying it, you're expanding it to being all third downs when really it should only be third and goal. Right? Isn't that it's it's like the problem? Act, it's like the act of like a third it's third and Cole because he's gonna get the ball on third down and convert it to a first down. So it's it does sound like goal, but that's where you get the creativity, if you will, of the Nick yeah, I explained it all last week. If you didn't like it then you're not gonna like it this week. How about Swole Beastly? <laughs> Uh, no, cause he never, he never comes off to me. Like he's like extremely strong. Obviously he's in great shape, but swole, I don't think so. The coal train. <laughs> How about that? Not bad. Like they're all like much more. I, I, yours I, is so, so specific. Yeah. That's why it's great though. It's so specific, but I mean, yeah, it can't be used all the time, but in any situation where it's a third down play and Colby, we've already mentioned like two sweet sassy molassy plays of the game this past season i feel like were the cole beasley getting a first down in like third and 22 right like he's just that guy for josh allen it feels like for the third down like the cole train wasn't third and goal though it was third and something else all right you guys made your point i'm not gonna argue it again 
Um, coleslaw? <laughs> if you think coleslaw is better than third and coal, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hit the stop button and just throw my headphones against the wall. I can um, get on board with coleslaw. I hate you guys. Um, John Brown was, I mean, everyone after Cole Beasley has only one reception. So I'm not even going to go over all the receivers, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, well, when Josh Allen only throws for 154 yards and Stefan Diggs has 92 of them, then you're not going to have a lot of receivers after that that make a huge impact. Um, let's go to some very interesting stats of the game for the Buffalo Bills. Let's go to some interesting stats of the game for for the Buffalo Bills, Zach Moss uh, has two rushing or his two rushing touchdowns marks the first two rushing touchdown day from a Bills running back since LaShawn McCoy did it at the New York Jets in November of 2018. And he also had his first career rushing touchdown today. Um, he had a receiving touchdown, I believe it was week one. So this was his first rushing touchdown. Josh Allen. We mentioned he was 11 for 18 for 154 yards and a rushing touchdown. He now has 20 total touchdowns this season, the most in team history through eight games, surpassing Jim Kelly's previous team best of 19 touchdowns in 1991. That's a cool stat. Jerry Defensive end Jerry Hughes logged a sack today for a nine-yard loss, moving his career total to 49.5. He has surpassed Kyle Williams' who had 48 and a half sacks for the fifth most sacks in team history. Defensive lineman Quinton Jefferson logged his second sack of the season, taking down Patriots quarterback Cam Newton for a loss of four yards. Tyler Matakiewicz recovered an onside kick attempt for the Patriots in the third quarter. We'll talk about that a little bit later when, when we get into our sweet sassy Molassi plays of the game, but um, just, just an unbelievable effort by the special teamer. And the Bills rushed for 190 yards today, the most of the season. Running back Devin Singletary had a reception today, extending his career or his receiving streak to career long 17 games, the longest by a Bills running back since Fred Jackson's 20, 26 game streak, in, going from 2013 to 2014. Running back Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both rushed for 80 plus yards, the first time the Bills have had two players do so in the same game. Slinsless Sean McCoy and Mike Gillisley did it in 2016. The Bills defeated the Patriots for the first time since 2016 and won a home game and won at home versus New England for the first time since 2011, which I will argue that's probably the more important stat because I believe when the Bills beat the Patriots in 2016, it was against the Patriots backups because they had already won. They had already gotten the first round by and it didn't matter if they lost that game they're playing against like Jacoby Brissett or something like that. It didn't matter. This is really, in my opinion, the most significant Bills win since 2011. And let's go into our the stats of the game on the Patriots side of the ball. Cam Newton was 15 for 25, 174 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Damian Harris, like I mentioned earlier, had 16 carries for 102 yards and one touchdown, 6.4 yards per carry. The guy, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that they didn't stay with him. Um, Cam Newton had nine carries for 54 yards, one touchdown, six yards per carry. Rex Burke had six carries for 26 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, the Patriots' leading receiver was Jacoby Myers, the uh, former All-Pro. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think he's like a, an undrafted 
guy, um, six receptions for out of 10 targets for 58 yards, zero touchdowns. Demir Bird had three receptions on four targets for 39 yards. James White had two receptions on four targets for 35 yards. That one uh, reception he had for 28 yards where he stiff-armed A.J. Klein to the ground, like I mentioned. A.J. Klein almost had him in the backfield, but then he had a 28-yard gain instead. Ryan Izzo, the tight end, had two receptions for 24 yards on three targets, and so on and so forth. We are going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game, our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, and our podcast giveaways. So stick around. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. Let's go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. All right, sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game. John, let's start with yours. What do you have as your sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game? Well, I think it's got to be the the Justin Zimmer uh, punch out uh, on the Patriots' last drive of the game that basically clinched the game for the Bills. Yeah, that's a pretty obvious one. Mike, are you going? Are, are we? Are all three of us across the board going with that one? Yes, no question. Let's. I want to give an honorable mention. That was that was by far the most important game, the most important play of the game. Could you say that's the Gettysburg of the game? the turning point of the game or was there no real turning point because the bills were never really down in this game. They only got the Peters only got to a tie at one point when it was 21, 21. Um, I feel like it's so late though. That's more like the surrender at Appomattox courthouse. <laughs> well played. Well played. Here's a fa- fun fact. I'll ask you guys. When you're in whatever fourth grade and they're saying like, oh, the surrender happened between Grant and General Lee at Appomattox Courthouse. Like, I thought they just met at the courthouse in Appomattox. Yeah. The place is called Appomattox Courthouse. Oh, that's the actual city? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not insane. All right. The courthouse sounds like a very legitimate spot to to have a, a treaty or a surrender sign, doesn't it? Kind of official. Yeah, very of, as official as you can possibly get. <laughs> and like in the old frontier towns, like that would be one of the first buildings you have, right? Like a courthouse in the school. I had no idea. I think you just taught me something today. I mean, I basically didn't know who Napoleon was up until three, a few weeks ago. So <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. So um, I want to give an honorable mention for a play of the game to that Zach Moss four-yard touchdown in the third quarter where he basically got an assist from like three offensive linemen to get dragged into the end zone, one of those being uh, John Feliciano. And uh, I thought that was awesome. That was one of my favorite plays of today's game. And uh, and obviously I have to give an honorable mention to Tyler Medikiewicz for coming out in the third quarter at the end of the half, uh, or the beginning of the half rather, and uh, getting that onside kick that nobody necessarily expected. And had he not done that, um, you know, the Bills scored a touchdown, like I mentioned, for the Zach Moss touchdown on that exact drive where they got the ball back. And uh, that game probably doesn't go that way if if he doesn't make a heads-up play like that. So uh, Tyler Matikiewicz worth every penny at this point right now, especially if it means a win against the Patriots. It goes 6-2 and two and 4-0 oh in the division. So we were pretty much straight across the board for our uh, Swiss Assy Molassi play of the game. We wanted to do a quick new segment that uh, something Mike thought of that we could do a joke of the week 
Now, Mike's joke of the week is brought to you by the Delago Casino and Resort. And Mike, what what is your what is your joke for this week? Nate, you want to know the secrets to telling the perfect joke? Yes, I want. Timing. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> so slow. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. That uh... we'll cut all that. <laughs> No, it was good. It was good. Was that what you were? That wasn't nearly as good as the linens and things joke last week. Was that? Do you have another one in the in the barrel, or is that is that is that it? That's it. That is it. Okay, I don't know if that if that uh, segment's going to make its way back next week. Um, but it was good. It was. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't bad. Um, I mean, it wasn't as creative as Third and Cole, but it was pretty good. Um, let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers of today's victory, brought to you by. The DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Let's go into our specifically our Wall of Famer for today's game. Wall. Now, John, who are you going to put on your Wall of Fame for today's victory? Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I got to go with Brian Dable. Um, every game this year, he's been able to game plan specifically for the opponent. It's not like the same old Bills where it's just like, okay, we're going to run it up the middle three times every game. The the first game, he had a lot of design runs with Allen. He, he had a string of games where it's a lot of three, 400-yard passing games, Josh Allen. Um, now they got Zach Moss back. He decides to do a one-two punch, Singletary and Moss, get the running game going. He stayed dedicated to it throughout the game. I think him being able to not only game plan for specific opponents, but also factor in who's available for the Bills in these games because they have had some injuries, um, and he's been fairly successful at it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Dable and for getting the running game going. You know, it's funny that you mentioned previous offensive coordinators just constantly running it into the middle of the pile. I feel like that strategy, you know, two three runs into the middle of the pile. I feel like that was a strategy that was used by multiple offensive coordinators. It's as if the one that just got fired beforehand just left the playbook and the new one came in and was like, oh, this must be successful and just picked it right up. It's like there was no change of the changing of the guard until like Chan Gailey came in. So, Mike, who's on your wall of shame or wall of fame rather for today's victory? I can't disagree with John. I like the pick. I would say specifically Zach Moss. He had 81 yards today, two touchdowns, the first two rushing touchdowns of his career. Um, I'd also have to go back to Justin Zimmer and Dean Marlowe. Just the importance of that single event overshadows everything for me. Yeah, yep, those are all good picks. Um, I'm going to keep it somewhat generic, but I'm going to say it has to do with Mike and John's. I'm going to say the Bills run game is my wall of fame uh, pick for this week because, uh, I mean, without the great play calling by Brian Dable, without uh, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary having great games, without... John Feliciano coming back from injury. I don't know if this team um, does as well as it does this week. And um, it was great to see. I'm hoping this is something that we've already seen that the Bills can throw the ball. So let, now today is the first day that we saw that the Bills could run the ball. So this is uh, impressive. So it'll be, I mean, we've seen the Bills defense stop the ball, stop or stop the other team from running the ball. Uh, not today, but, um, you know, they, they've proven at least for the most part that they can do each facet of each game. Um, it's just a matter of doing it consistently now and against the good teams. Um, okay, let's go into our wall of shamer for today's game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, who is on? Let's go with Mike for this one. Mike, who's on your wall of shame 
in today's victory. Shame. 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 For me, it's Gabriel Davis. When he dropped the, the last Bills offensive possession prior to, or subsequent to the Cam Newton fumble, I thought Allen did a nice job moving in the pocket. It was third and long, and he threw it into the end zone, went right through Gabriel Davis's hands. I thought it was an easy catch um, and just had visions of after the Bills settled for the field goal that that would really come back to haunt them. So that still looms large to me. And honorable mention, AJ Client, just rough, rough day. John, what about you? Who's on your wall of shame? Yeah, I definitely had to go with somebody on the defense. Um, it's it's going to be AJ Klein. Um, just the the execution and, and the tackling, it's just not it's, it's not there. Yeah, I'm going to go with AJ Klein as well. If you can tell by the pretty much the only person I've talked negatively about so far in today's episode. Um, it's just disappointing. Um, I'm not sure he's going to get any better. Uh, this is it was just a rough game for him, and it, and it just seems so much more obvious than maybe even Tremaine Edmonds having a bad game, um, in my opinion. And I think this is you want to talk about positions that they might look for in the offseason, You got to think strong side linebacker and a replacement for AJ Klein has has got to be uh, on the docket. Now let's go into our Twitter replies each week. Docket, nice, like the courthouse. <laughs> Yes, the Appomattox Courthouse, the place of the surrender between Robert E. Lee. You know, there's there's some sort of analogy to be shown by that. Maybe this is like Bill Belichick is like the Robert E. Lee of the Confederate Army, you know, just trying to, uh, it's just giving his surrender up. Like, like the hand over the keys, old man, like the, the, your time is done. Like it's, you need to retire. You need to give up. You need to stop your secession from the nation. <laughs> And you just need to, you know, it's time to leave. It's time to retire. Um, so, yeah, let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers. <laughs> For, Mike, I know you want to say something about <laughs> that analogy. Okay. So, I've got nothing to add. Okay, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> um, first of all, every week after the game, win or lose, on Twitter, f- please follow us on Twitter. We're at CTWpod, like as in Circling the Wagons podcast. Um, circling the wagons pod. I tweet out who is who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame for today's either victory or loss. I'll, we love hearing from you guys. It makes the show that much better. First of all, it's cool that we have three different perspectives, but it's great to get perspective from um, all of the listeners and all of our followers on Twitter. Um, this has never happened before, so this is kind of cool. Um, John Davis, uh, Bill's uh, starting guard from the Super Bowl era. Uh, tweeted into us. If you're not following John Davis, he's at John Davis underscore 65. John Davis, he didn't really give us a, a wall of famer or wall of shamer. He just says, Cam always finds a way. Look forward to his post-game attire now. Now, if you, if you didn't know what he was talking about, John is basically laying the wood on Cam always finding a way to lose. And uh, his ridiculous uh, post-game attire <laughs> for what, I mean, sometimes he looks like the Joker and sometimes... He looks like someone from Little House on the Prairie. It's like it doesn't it's just it just depends on the week. So I just thought that was funny. Appreciate John tweeting at us. Um, maybe I'll have to interview John in the offseason. That'd be really cool. Um, now let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. And we had a ton of responses. Thank you all for 
tweeting at us. I won't get to all of them, but I'll get to as many as I can. Josh Allen Stan writes in, Wall of Fame, John Feliciano. It is obvious that we have been missing him. I want to give it to the running backs, but we know they haven't been the issue. Wall of Shame, you know what? Time to be positive. No one. We slayed the dragon. Execution could be better, but damn it, we bet we beat the top dogs. Enjoy it. Well put by Josh Allen Stan. Dave Thorpe writes in, see what happens when we win a coin toss. <laughs> well, that's what he writes too. Wall of Fame, the running game. Was it Feliciano returning? Was it Devin and Zach? Is it the Pats suck? Welcome back though. Zimmer is an instant legend. He's talking about defensive tackle Justin Zimmer, who forced the fumble at the end of the game. Wall of shame, AJ Klein. No, just no. Hell no, even. Davis for that end zone drop and causing unnecessary stress. There you go, Mike. Uh, Mike Graham writes in, Wall of Fame, Singletary and Moss. Wall of shame, our defensive coaches for not realizing Klein is awful for this team. It's incredible how many times he misses a tackle in the backfield. Also, Tom Brady, a win against the Pats, doesn't feel right without beating him, but the streak is over. Yeah, it would have been it would have been really nice on a personal note if we had beaten the Bills or beaten the Jets beaten the Jet beaten the Pats just once with Sean McDermott. And he was 0-6 against the Pats with uh, Tom Brady. Um it's unfortunate. Obviously I would have preferred this, but I mean at this point you just gotta take what you can get, right? <laughs> That's okay, they'll beat the Bucks in the Super Bowl. <laughs> John, what do you, you had some stats that we missed for the Bills being six and two. Some interesting stats. You've you've been keeping up with that really well when they were four and oh, four and one, four and two, five and two, six and two. What about Bills uh historically? How have they done as six and two? Okay, so I have a couple of things. So this is the actually this is the second time in two years they've been six and two. So they were six and two last year as well. Previous to that, they hadn't been six and two or better since nineteen ninety three when they went seven and one. This is the sixth time they've ever gone six and two exactly to start the season, and the twelfth time they've started six and two or better. The previous eleven times they won the division eight times out of eleven, uh, won at least one playoff game seven times, and made it to the title game six of eleven times, including the two AFL title wins. Oh, very cool! It's a good stat. Thank you for that. Uh, Bills loser QB club. Writes Wall of Fame, Moss and Singletary's run game. Also, Diggs, he would have had 100 yards today, 100 plus yards today, uh, if a, and a touchdown if the hold was called on a deep ball and special teams who only averaged 16 yards per return. Wall of Shame, Marlowe, and you know, that's the one thing I, I got to bring this up. I, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, Bill's Loser QB Club brought up the. Uh, the penalty on Stefan Diggs. So there was like a holding call that wasn't called. And it's not so much that it wasn't called. CBS just doesn't show a replay. Like they just are completely against showing replays of impactful penalties or non-penalties called. Because there was that that, uh, hands to the face on defensive tackle Ed Oliver that happened, I believe it was in the first or second quarter. And it was a third down play. Uh, it was an incomplete pass, or it was it was a third and eighteen play. That's what it was, rather. And uh, the pass caught the ball. It was like a ten yard play. It was fourth down, and there was a hands to the face call on Ed Oliver. Now, from what people have tweeted, it, it was the correct call. But I mean, CBS didn't show that specific replay. I mean, if you were looking very closely, maybe at the TV, you could have seen it. But 
I mean, in my opinion, uh, you should have shown that. Why are you showing the coverage of the Bills' back, the defensive backfield when the play didn't even matter? It wasn't a first down. And I don't know. It was one of those things. You guys know how I feel about it. CBS can't broadcast shit. And th- along with the, the holding that Stefan Diggs thought that he had on that one play where he probably would have been open if he wasn't held, but we don't know that. Maybe he wasn't held. Maybe he was. We don't know because CBS didn't show a freaking replay. And it's just, it's, I know we not, I know the Buffalo Bills never get the A level crew, but it's just frustrating week after week just to see these important penalties or non penalties called and, uh, or not called, I should say, and just not being able to see the replay when you really, really want to see it. Sean Thiel writes in Justin Zimmer, Wall of Fame, goes to Coach Frazier for not playing Zimmer more. Oliver played horribly. Mark writes in Wall of Fame. Now, this is interesting. Mike, you're a baseball fan. You would get this one. I don't follow baseball, but I know this reference, and John doesn't even barely knows that the sport of baseball um, exists. Uh, Mark writes, Wall of Fame Zimmer. Looks like his uncle Zimmer, Uncle Don Zimmer, charging Pedro. (laughs) And then Wall of Shame Klein. Looked like Don after Pedro manhandled him. He wrote, he wrote, don't think they're related, but they should be. Mike, can you give any credence to that reference? What's he What's he referencing? Don Zimmer was the pitching coach for the Yankees who was older than dirt. And he got up mad one day and charged a Pedro Martinez, who was in the prime of his life. <laughs> in the prime of his athletic career. He's probably like six foot four. <laughs> and here's like 80-something-year-old Don Zimmer. Uh, yeah, do credit for Pedro Martinez for not like uppercutting him and just ending. Him. I mean, it's a good thing he didn't because that literally might have been murder had he actually done what he could have done against him. But it was. a yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny reference. I just had to bring that up because Mark brings up a funny. I don't I don't think they're related either, Mark, if I'm going to go by odds. But uh, funny reference. B Mormon 2020 writes. Wall of Fame, my guy, Justin freaking Zimmer off the friggin' damn practice squad. Wall of Shame, the run defense. Eh, good call there. Um, I don't, he writes, I don't care how we beat the Patriots. It's good to hear the Patriots. It's good to hear the Patriots. He must mean it's good to beat the Patriots. Amen to that. Devin Brown writes, Wall of Fame to John Feliciano. He was opening lanes and he literally dragged Moss into the end zone for a touchdown. Wall of Shame to AJ Klein. Once again, he can't cover anyone, and on the rare event he gets near a ball carrier, he can't tackle him. <laughs> Emmett21 writes, Wall of Fame, Zimmer earned his spot on this roster again. Wall of, uh, He also gives it to Mo- Moss and Singletary. They look like a great one-two punch. Wall of Shame, Levi Wallace and Johnson seem to get abused again. Taron Johnson he's referring to. Yes, uh, Frazier because his defense looks lost against a terrible offense. Good call on that one. And he also writes, Emmett also writes, Buffalo got the win, but really struggled against a two-win team. Yeah, that seems to be the, uh, I mean, let's see how they do against Seattle next week. That's going to be an interesting game against the 6-1 and one Seahawks. But yeah, Randall U writes, Wall of Fame, both running backs. The outside zone to the left was killing them. Moss and Singletary were both patient and finished their runs. Wall of Shame goes to Klein, Klein, Klein. Most needed position upgrade, in my opinion. Go Bills. 
we won't go go into that right now, but obviously you guys know my thoughts on it. I mentioned it earlier, but lots of I think we went into this season thinking they didn't have a whole lot of needs, and I think after the the last four weeks or so, I think we could we could definitely point out some needs. Of course, Starley Tulale coming back next year might uh, might help some of those needs actually, at least one of those. Joe Forrest writes, Wall of Fame, running game finally showing how great it can be when the O-line opens up holes for them. Great game, Moss and Singletary. Zimmer for saving the game. Great point by Joe about, and, and other tweeters have mentioned that um, earlier, is the offensive line, I think, was the key to today's running game. I don't think we've ever questioned the ability of Zach Moss or Devin Singletary uh, uh, specifically, but I think it, it's it's always been the, the offensive line. And today... They finally showed that they they can run the ball. Of course, it was against, like I said, a terrible you know run defense. But um, nonetheless, at least they were able to show it. Now let's see if they can show it against a good team. Megatron White writes in. She says, "Wall of Fame, Singletary and Zach Moss. Wall of Shame, the run defense. Honorable mention, Justin Zimmer. Phil Zone Ready is in. He writes, "Wall of Fame, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. In a game where the run needed to be established and consistent, they both answered." Wall of Shame, A.J. Klein. <laughs> I'm 100% convinced he's the opponent's 12th man. Just run the D with tw- with 10 guys. Oh, wait, we already do. <laughs> well done. Well done, Phil Zone ready. Frederick Schock is in. He writes, awesome an- anvil off the back win. I closely watched our kicker bass and felt good watching him kick today. That being said, Wall of Fame, offensive line and run game, and also the play calling. No one was shameful, but the run defense is still a little dodgy. Love the pod and go Bills. Oh, thank you, Frederick. A little dodgy. Is that? Is, are you from the UK, Frederick? Dodgy sounds like something I would have heard from uh, from an English movie, if I'm going to stereotype. Pete Pete Ma- Maximzik? Pete Maximzik? Uh Wall of Famer? Zimmer for obvious... Uh, Dable and McDermott for changing up the offensive tactics and it paying off. Wall of Shame, AJ Klein, an absolute Halloween horror show. <laughs> Good call. I don't think I don't think AJ Klein's not gotten the Wall of Shame today. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start going to the bottom, seeing if we can get some of some new listeners in. Getting a lot of the great you guys. You guys have just been crushing it. Thank you guys for all writing, and I know I won't get to all of you, but uh, M writes in Wall of Fame. Uh, Zimmer for that game-saving turnover, and Moss for that awesome run game today. Wall of Shame, Davis for letting that ball slip through his hands in the end zone. And CBS, I could broadcast better with my iPhone. <laughs> hey, it's not the cameraman's fault, or is it? Or is it the cameraman's fault for not getting a a, a good uh, clip of that? I don't know if that's the producer or whoever's running the show. Um, I, M, you could probably do better at all three. Henry Booth is in. He writes, Wall of Fame Feliciano in the offensive line looked dominant. The running backs, too. Wall of Shame can't complain about anything. A win's a win. Matt Robinson writes, Wall of Fame Zimmer. Wall of Shame, I would say our linebackers, but we don't have any. Allen writes in, Wall of Fame Zimmer, Motor, Diggs, and Singletary, but also Bass for doing his job in a game where he missed, where a missed kick would have absolutely sunk us. Good, good call. A lot of a few people bringing up Tyler Bass. Wall of shame, Klein, just like every other game. Jeez. <laughs> oh, now this is an interesting one. J.W. Miller writes, Wall of Fame, 
Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Okay, he, he basically listed what everyone else writes. Wall of Shane, the second-half run defense. And he also writes pass coverage. They literally had no big-name receiver and still hit them for chunk yardage. Good call there. Lucas Smith writes in. He says, Wall of Fame, the run game. Wall of Shame, the three to four talking points the CBS crew for the head for the entirety of the game. And he writes, so luckily Lucas gives us the, the talking points for the CBS crew. He, he says, New England's record versus the Bills. <laughs> Allen's game at New England last year. And uh, and yeah, a few other <laughs> talking points for the for the game. Good call there, Lucas. The CBS team, man. I am so glad that we keep bringing them up because they have been awful this year. I don't know. Maybe we should do a new segment about the things that the dumbest part of the CBS broadcast each week. Maybe that'll that'll hit on. Maybe that'll catch on. Maybe not as much as the third and coal, but uh, maybe a CBS broadcast blunders. CBS broadcast blunders. All right, maybe we have a segment on our hands. <laughs> Drew Hesht writes, Wall of Fame Zach Moose, or Zach Moose, Zach Moss is an absolute man on those runs and touchdowns. He was almost the whole offense. Wall of Shame, AJ Klein, he needs to go. He was being targeted all game and couldn't make tackles that almost cost the Bills the game. He is the weakest link. Richard W. Griswold is in Wall, wall of Fame. Zimmer, forced fumble to beat the cheaters. Moss, uh, he gives some stats. Wall of Shame, the, the Bills rushing defense, giving up 5.53 yards per carry, two touchdowns, 188 yards. This was with 8-9 to nine in the box much of the game. Very true. Good call there. And Kathleen writes in. Kathleen writes, Wall of Fame, uh, the running backs, Justin Zimmer, Feliciano, Wall of Shame, the defense in the fourth quarter, they went missing for a bit. <laughs> She tweeted at us. It was funny. She's like, I I have an APB on uh, missing 11 people on the defensive side of the ball in the fourth quarter. It was pretty funny. Pretty uh, pretty witty, Kathleen. Wall of shame. Um, also, Bahorquez and Frazier. Man, there was that one Bahorquez pun where he punted it like 40 yards when the Bills were in their own end zone. And it wasn't high at all. And the, the it was like, if you're going to kick it, if you're going to kick it short, it has to be like one of those really... It has to have a lot of hang time because you need him to just like catch the ball at like the 50 yard line and just not be able to go anywhere with it. Or you kick it like a 70 yarder like Bahorquez does and just hope that your coverage can come down there and tackle the guy as soon as he's, as soon as he catches the ball or not, not be able to get like a 30 yard return. And he didn't either on that one. And he, the he kicked it like 40 yards and the guy still had like a 15 yard return. <laughs> So uh, good call on Bahorquez. We have not brought up Bahorquez yet. So one of the benefits of your guys' Twitter, Twitter interactions. And last one I'll say I'll give to Beanie, the Patriot-hating Bills fan. She writes, Wall of Fame, the run game, and Feliciano for making a much-needed return. First game all season where we look dominant. Wall of Shame, our Swiss cheese defense. Our secondary struggled against no-name receivers, and we couldn't stop anyone rushing. With our upcoming schedule, it makes me nervous. Yes, yes, it makes me nervous too, and it should make everyone nervous, especially because of how good the Seahawks offense is compared to a lot of the teams that we have seen so far. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, Again, thank you for everyone that wrote into Twitter, including, obviously, uh, retired offensive guard, for the Buffalo Bills, John Davis. All of those Twitter replies for the Wall of Shamers and Wall of Famers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. 
We're going to do a quick podcast giveaway. Um, if you're not familiar with this, every podcast we do a giveaway. Um, we are doing a, a uh, an Instagram-specific giveaway for a John Brown jersey. And so all the rules are on uh, Instagram. Follow us there at CTWPod, like Circling the Wagons Pod, for that giveaway. Um, we're talking with uh, the good people over at DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago for giving away some swag. They have some really cool polo shirts for men and women's, um, small to double XL and uh, different colors. So I'm working with them to find out if we're going to do podcast giveaways for that, if we're going to do um, social media giveaways on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, I will let you guys know that next week on the podcast. So uh, thank you guys again for the uh, the wonderful folks at um, the Delago Resort and Casino for giving away some cool stuff for the listeners of the podcast and our followers on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. Um, But we are going to give away a Harrison Phillips signed mini helmet and jersey. So two different uh, winners this week. And uh, if you're interested in how to do how to become a winner, just leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Listen every week and then just email us or message us uh, when you hear your name and uh, we'll find a way to get it to you. So the first one to get back to me gets to choose whether you want the jersey or the signed mini helmet. The first winner is Joey G-N-Y. That's Joey G-N-Y. And the second winner is at the Hitman 1985. That's at the Hitman 1985. Uh, like I said, message us over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, or email us ctwpod at gmail.com. Now, Mike, let's talk about next week's game against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Nate, the Seahawks are 6-1. and one. They have beaten the Falcons, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Vikings. Today they beat the Niners. Last week was their only loss. They lost to the Cardinals in overtime, 37-34. So that was their only loss. They lost by three. Yeah, they almost had that one, too, several different times. I believe their kicker missed a field goal in overtime to win that one. So, yeah, what? Okay, so um, do you have the betting line already for the uh, for the game? Yeah, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago line has the Seahawks favored by Wait, wait, three. wait, 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 wait. Let's let's guess it. I didn't hear it. I think I might have heard it. <laughs> let's just guess it real, real quick. I'm going to say... <laughs> The Seahawks are favored. Yeah, what are you going to say? The Seahawks are favored. Bye. <laughs> Three and a half. John? <laughs> it's a home game for the Bills, so it's in Buffalo. No fans in attendance. Seahawks by three. John always railing against cheating, but th- at the first opportunity, he, he heard does you it say himself. It. He heard you say it, didn't he? Yes. No question. No question. <laughs> Was that what He's it was? Looking three. right at me. <laughs> yeah, it was three. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell oh, if you okay. said three or five or or what. So I, you know, that's what I would yeah. say too. If I if I was pretending like I didn't exactly. hear. Exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just on fire today. <laughs> you are doing well. You have won every single quiz so far in trivia today. So how does three feel to you guys? I mean. Honestly, the Bills should be favored by a ton here, right? <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. I'm. I'll take it. I. I, I mean that that kind of goes to show you. I don't think the Bills are completely outmatched by the Seahawks. I mean, if I think about it on paper, I think that the Seahawks are are probably going to win this game. Um, just based on how I've seen the Seahawks. But at the same time, 
I think it's a winnable game by the Bills. The Seahawks can't stop anyone defensively, but they have an amazing offense. So if the Bills defense finds a way to somehow, somehow, some way slow the Seahawks offense down, you know, kind of like they pretended like they slowed the Kansas City Chiefs offense down with Patrick Mahomes, um, except not also give an extra 15 minutes of possession to the Seahawks. Um, I think I think they have a chance. I mean, Josh Allen, this could be a potentially another 300-yard passing game for Josh Allen. I mean, Kyler Murray absolutely shredded the Seahawks defense last week. And if everyone's healthy and, uh, you know, we have all of our weapons next week, I think this is, it's a winnable game. And that's all you can ask for against a 6-1 and Seahawks team, a team that's potentially a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Um, I'll take that. What do you think, John? Yeah, I agree. I think the Bills are going to win too. <laughs> I did not say that, but I, I like I like the way you're thinking. Mike, what do you think about the line? I think it's – I'm excited. I'm actually excited about a line, believe it or not. I think three is pretty fair. Bill's the home team. Uh, was it you that said three and a half? I, I, yeah. I think Seattle's man a play away from being undefeated, and I, I could see them easily being the representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, Russ Wilson might be the MVP. So um, the Bills, I, I'm not going to get into it. The Bills couldn't stop Ryan Tannehill. So I don't, of course, you know, he didn't even have 200 yards passing. So um, this will be an interesting test for that Bills pass defense. As long as they don't run it down the uh, the Bills' throat, um, I think the Bills, I, I'm excited. I would have said higher. I would have said higher. So I'm excited about this line. If I bet you by game time, it's more like four or four and a half because I think people are going to hammer the Seahawks on that one. But I'm excited as a, as a Bills fan that the, the the bookmakers in Vegas think that the Bills are only, you know, three-point dogs. It's better than them being like 10-point dogs and you're like, well, they don't really have a chance to win. You'd be happy if they make it close. I think the Bills, you know, they have a chance. So anyway. <laughs> well, let me ask you, the Bills schedule remaining, right? You've got to come up with some wins somewhere. And we don't, we're optim- cautiously optimistic about the Seahawks, but we could easily see them losing that game. The rest of the schedule is Cardinals, and the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks. Then you've got the Chargers, the 49ers, the, Steel- the undefeated Steelers, right? Broncos, got to hope we can win that one. Patriots again. One play was the difference today. And then the Dolphins. So it's like, would you take a 4-4 a four and four the rest of the way out to get 10-16? Fourteen and two, man. I to answer your question seriously, Mike, I would absolutely take four and four to get to ten and six. The way that the schedule is turning out, I mean, that is a it's brutal second half. It's gauntlet, and you already got the easy games out of the way with the jet, the two Jets games. So you don't even have that fluff at the end of this at the end of the season. Um, I don't even know if the Dolphins have played the Jets twice. No, they played them once. Okay, so they still have that one game, another Jets game to play you know, with the rest of the season. So, um, and that's really who you're competing against to win the division. <sighs> the Steelers, man, the Steelers look a lot scarier than I thought they would. Um, I mean, the Steelers team in general, they almost made the playoffs without having Big Ben for most of the season last year. So it shouldn't surprise us that the Steelers are doing that well this season. Um, the Seahawks, man, it's the teams that you mentioned. I mean, the Dolphins just laid a beat down with Tua, um, over the Rams, which the Bills did not beat the Rams 38 to 10. Tua only had 93 yards passing. They didn't win because of Tua. 
No, but that's so even didn't lose because of him. No, that's even scarier though. They they won without even needing him to play well at all. Um, yeah, and not only that, the Steelers beat the Titans too. Uh, I know there's no like circular logic or the transitive property of of logic or whatever um, that you know the Bills can they beat the Bills so so and so beat the Bills so they'll beat the Bills too. Um, but uh, I'd say four and four. Mike, would you just be happy with four and four the way out too? Best case scenario. I don't want to be, but I guess I, I guess I would, right? Because there's no easy games left. It's the Broncos. If we're saying that they're an easy game and they've got some wins, right? They beat the Patriots, and then who's the the only other? Could you say easy is is the Dolphins, and they're they're not a gimme either by any stretch. What about the Chargers? Maybe we just need to play the Chargers close and then hope that they, you know, crap the bed at the end like they normally do. And I think we're <laughs> They pull a Patriots, they pull a Cam Newton and fumble, you know, just need Justin Herbert to fumble at the end of the game and we're in it. But Well, I'm counting that one as a win, right? I'm counting the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Dolphins, and then got to come up with another one just to get to four and four. Jeez. Oh, because again, Seahawks, Cardinals, Chargers, 49ers, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots, Bills. So it's going to be tough, but it's great that they're six and two. Yeah. Right, it's nice not to be like, oh, well, we need them to go eight and two the rest of the way, <laughs> and all these other teams have to lose. <laughs> you mean like when we were in the drought? <laughs> okay, if this and this happens, and then these other twelve million things happen in a row, then maybe we make the wild card. Maybe we will get the six seed. <laughs> and it's week seven. It's week like okay, <laughs> in the hunt, hoping to be in the hunt. Uh. Hey, let me ask you guys something. When was the last time you saw the Bills defend successfully a two-point conversion? <laughs> I honestly can't remember the last time the Bills stopped a two-point conversion uh, from an opposing team. It seems like that's just a gimme, it's especially especially when it matters. Like, not if, if the Bills are up by two scores and the team is just trying to make it a two-score game by getting a two, they, they probably won't get it. Or maybe it's, maybe it's at least 50-50. But... If the Bills need a stop, a <laughs> two-point conversion, almost 0% chance they do it. Mike? Why don't you just tell me, John? I have no idea. John doesn't know. It's just hypothetical. Like I, uh, I was asking rhetorical. you guys. <laughs> rhetorical. John, does it seem like they ever do? No, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I would agree with that one. Well, thank you guys again for listening to this recap episode. We appreciate all of you guys that tweeted us. Uh, that write us reviews, that email us and give us feedback. We truly appreciate each and every one of you guys for listening. Um, make sure to check out the rest of the podcast network to uh, describe more of the narratives that come out of this game, uh, to recap the game as well, and then to also to preview next week's game. So just keep it locked in and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. So signing off for John... Hey, how about those Bills? Third place in the AFC. Let's run the table. 14-2. and two. Go Bills. For Mike? Still undefeated on Sundays. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully after a big win against the Seahawks. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, 
Go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.